I would like you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 16. That is Isaiah 7. And beginning with verse 10. Shall we all stand as we honor God by the reading of his word? And it reads thus. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz, saying, Ask thee a sign of the Lord thy God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. And he said, and he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing of you to weary me? But will ye weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call him his name Emmanuel, butter and honey shall be shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and to choose the good. For behold, the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good. The land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we send our thoughts on the subject, Emmanuel, God with us. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word and for the promises that you have made and that you have fulfilled the promises made of sending your son, Jesus Christ, so that you could be with us and we could be with you. Father in heaven, we ask your blessings upon each one present and for those who listen by other means. Oh God, that we will all draw near to you with a true heart of repentance and so that we could commune and fellowship with you. If there be one here who is not born again, may this be the day when they'll be saved and born again on this beautiful Christmas day. Oh Father and our God, we thank you for the Blessings of this Christmas season. And may it be a joyous and peaceful time for all. These mercies we ask through Jesus Christ, O oh Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Emmanuel, God with us. 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, Isaiah prophesied that it would happen. And he shall be called Emmanuel, which means, or interpreted by interpretation, God with us. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. 300 years later, God withdrew himself from the nations of the world because they turned their backs on him. He sent them no prophets, no preachers. Therefore, Everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. Thus, the darkness upon the earth was very great. 
Now you can better understand why John said in John chapter 1, the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world received him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 5, 10, and 11. Once upon a time, names were very important. Therefore, they were chosen very carefully. Emmanuel, according to Matthew, means God with us. Today, we shall focus our attention upon this phrase, God with us. Normally, when we are in trouble, it is very comforting to know that God is with us. But, when all is going well, we need to ask ourselves, am I with God? Because we have a tendency, when all is going well, we forget about God. And we feel as we don't need him. And so we have him like a spare tire. We only need him when we have a flat. God wants to be with us. But too often, people do not want to be with God for whatever reason. Could you imagine that? Ever since that first Christmas night, Jesus Christ has been seeking to be with us. That's why he came. He came to be with mankind. But has, man has been running away from God. Way back in the beginning, when God came down to fellowship and commune with Adam and Eve, you remember what they did? They were hiding from him. And God had to go around and ask, Adam, Adam, where art thou? Adam, why are you hiding from me? On the other hand, there were times when God promised Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, I will be with you. These men acknowledged their limitations, and they did not want to be anywhere without God. You shall recall, when Moses looked upon himself, he didn't think that he was fit to accomplish the task that God wanted him to do. God said to Moses, Moses, fear not. I will be with you. We are limited in many ways, but God is not. God is infinite, and we are not. 
to know that God is with us is the greatest blessing upon planet earth. Ah, oh, I know you're not going to say amen. As far as some are concerned, the greatest blessing is a double salary at Christmas. It is a big blessing. But it is not the greatest blessing. You could have billions of dollars. And things are not good with you and you feel alone. If you don't believe me, ask Mr. Sam Bankman. <laughs> Let me move on before I get myself in trouble. But um, <laughs> that is the comfort that David knew in Psalm 23 when he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Amen. Amen. Brethren, when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, $17 billion will not comfort you. $17 billion could slip away from you overnight and you don't know where it's gone. But when God is with you, he's not going to move. That is the blessing we celebrate at Christmas time. Knowing that God is with us. That God's son came down to earth to be with us just up as our passage or passages said. Isaiah said it 700 years and then Matthew came after 700 years later and saying the very same thing. These people were not comparing notes. They were not together when they were writing. Now, all this took place to fulfill what God had promised. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and he's going to bring forth a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, among other names, like wonderful, wonderful counselor. Sometimes we say wonderful counselor, but let's put them together. Wonderful counselor. There is no counselor like him. The mighty God. The everlasting Father, Jesus. And you could go on and on and on. But it is not enough to just assume that God is with you. You must first get to know Him in a personal way. A lot of people will claim, God is with me, God is with me, but yet they're not born again. God came to earth. In the form of his son. Because he does not want us to think that he is some distant God. Like a nice song which says, God is watching us. God is watching over us from a distance. I like this song. 
But that is not true. So I normally change and say, God is watching over us from an inch stance. God is not watching over us from a distance. This song sounds nice, isn't it? Don't you like it? Tell the truth. I like this song. I mean, it's really nice. But I change it and I put my own words. God is watching over us from an inch stance. <laughs> In that, he's right here with us this morning. And if God is not with us, we are wasting time. He came to earth to dwell among men. He was born of a woman which he created. He was born in a crib made of wood which he created. He was born among animals that he created. He was later crucified by men whom he created. He lived among men whom he created. Because he didn't want anybody to say that he's uh, 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 flaunting his wealth, you know. <laughs> Brethren, this is condescension. What else do we want God to do? God came down to us that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so here are Seven things I'd like to leave with you. God with us. God came down to be with us so that we could have peace in our hearts and our homes. My peace, I live with you. Not as the world give, it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Many lives and homes are in pieces because they don't have the peace of God in their hearts. You don't have the peace of God in your hearts. What you expect is going to happen in your home. It's going to be in pieces. All this fight and confusion and fighting over money and fighting over what belongs to you and what don't belong to you and how your bank book is bigger than mine. Listen, get one bank book and then you won't have to argue about that. Get a checkbook that both of you can sign. The peace of God is available to all. You must have the peace of God and you must have peace with God. People want to have the peace of God without making peace with God. Number two, God came down to be with us so that we could have joy in our soul. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And even when you get bad news, it cannot rob you of the joy that you have in him. When things are not going your way because things will not always go your way. You still have joy. And people wonder, how could you survive when things are so bad off with you? Wonder. They do not understand. 
And what you have done in your soul, that joy, no sad news could take it away. Because you know that God is up to something when those things happen. You just have to look through it and ask God, God, what is it that you're up to? What is it that you want to do with my life? Number three, God came down to be with us so that we could have love in our churches. Amen. I particularly say churches because, you know, in churches you have people don't love each other. And people just cannot get along because for one reason or the other. And often it is mere jealousy, really. People feel as though that you have all this talent and I don't, uh, you know, I don't have. Well, the reason why God probably didn't give him talent because he knew that if he gave you that particular talent, you'll be out there in the world either seeing Calypso or, you, you know, someplace, uh, someplace else. And you would not be able to handle it. So he didn't give it to you. So he gave it to somebody else who could manage it. You know, and I, can't, I don't have to call any names. You know people who are brought up in church on the world stage. And went out of church to spread their wings. And their wings got clipped. And they fell to the ground. I won't call any name, but superstars, aren't they? Some of them that we loved. I remember one newsman when they talk about it. He said, listen. We put her up there and we take her down when we are ready. Better be careful. God give you your talent. Children, parents, these children have their talents. Make sure that later on, those children have to go in culture and carnival because they got too much talent for the church. They'll get their wings clipped. Stick with God. Use your talent for God. Your time and your talent. And so let us have love for the brethren. No fellows, no guys, no folks. <laughs> brethren, let us love one another. Amen? Amen? And that's a whole other message in itself. Number four. God came down to earth in the form of his son. Notice I'm saying God. Because just before I give you that number four, let me mention here, for the good of the children um, and adults, I hope that you understand that God and Christ and the Holy Spirit are one. One God in three persons. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We shall come to that in a little while. But let me go ahead and give you a heads up while I'm here because... I hope I don't forget that. But while I'm here, let me give it to you. I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I'm jumping ahead of myself. You see, you, you, you shall recall, when God, when Jesus Christ was with the disciples, and he was teaching them, and Thomas said, show us, you're talking about the Father. Would you please show us the Father? Jesus Christ said, Thomas, you mean I've been here so long with you? And you're saying, show you the Father? Thomas, where were you? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So, I and my Father are one. Jesus Christ was there in the beginning with his Father. 
And the father said, who will go for us? And he said, here, Lord sent me. And so he went for the father. And so he came representing the father. So when you hear him say, God, God the son, I'm talking about Jesus Christ, all right? So Jesus Christ came down in the form of his father. And so if you have seen Jesus Christ, he said, you have seen the father, Thomas. And so please keep that in mind. So we need to have God in our hearts and in our lives and in our homes and in our churches and in our jobs and our businesses. Don't put God out of your life in any way possible. Number four, we need or God came down to be with us so that we could have happiness in our hearts. Now, joy and happiness are two different things, all right? Joy is more of the deep, settled thing in your soul. Happiness is more like from day to day when you are glad, you know? And um, you got to be careful because circumstances are very often could take away that, um, um, that happiness. But that joy, you do not let it take away from you. Now, why don't you turn to Psalm 146 and uh, look at verse 5, what it says. Psalm 146. Uh, I should read all the verses, but in the interest of time, I will not. But verse 5 says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Amen. Amen. Whose hope is in the Lord his God. Amen. Amen. Then you want to fast forward to 1 Peter chapter 14. Oh, sorry. Chapter 4 and verse 14. That is 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 14. Again, I should uh, read a lot of the verses, but in the interest of time, um, well, let me read verse 13 also. With verse 14, it will make proper connection. Verse 13. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. Amen? Amen. That when his glory shall be revealed, he may be glad also with exceeding joy. If he be reproached for his name, for the name of Christ. Happy are ye. Amen. Amen. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. Amen. Amen. If you suffer, suffer for the cause of Christ, happy are ye. Rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of the sufferings and difficulties and the challenges that Jesus Christ himself faced when he was upon the earth. And so you make this Christmas, and this, this is what Christmas is about, a happy time. Enjoy the blessings. Christmas is strategically placed in the month of December. And at the end of it, at the end of the year, 
so that we could, as it were, put behind us all the unpleasant things of the past year. It can also be a time of reflection that we reflect on what has happened and begin to think of the new year and how we are going to approach the new year and the things that we perhaps would need to change so that we could make things better for ourselves and for others. And we look to see where we didn't do so well as a church and how we can make it better in the new year and get off to a good start. And at the same time, hopefully that Christmas could be a time when we share the joy and the blessings of Christmas and touch people's heart. But at Christmas time, it's very difficult to touch people's heart, really, and to get them to consider uh, their soul salvation and getting close to God because Christmas is a time of merrymaking and uh, drinking and carrying on and a lot of things that have nothing to do with the birth of Jesus Christ. And I trust that you be careful and stay away from that and do not do anything that will dishonor the Lord. But he came down so that we could have happiness. And Christmas, I trust, is a happy time for you. I believe that it's a time of happiness for most people. However, there might be those who are saddened because of recent events, maybe loss of a family and maybe um, some bad news and accident or something like that. But do not let it rob you of your joy, even though it might affect your happiness. So we focus on the good things of life. The fact that God has brought us through a hurricane season, another hurricane season, without any disasters. We are thankful for that. And so we must return thanks. Number five, we should have the hope of heaven. The blessed hope that a lot of people seem not to be interested in. It's a lively hope. It's a wonderful thing. It gives life eternal. The hope of heaven. Do you have the hope of heaven? Do you live with the assurance that you are born again? And that without any doubt, without any controversy, that you have a place secured in heaven for you. Have you made your reservation? Please, make your calling and election sure and that you don't have a, a hope so, but you have a sure and steadfast hope that you are born again and that you are ready to meet the Lord. The time is ripe and right for the return of Jesus Christ. There is nothing left to be fulfilled before Jesus Christ comes again. And so I trust that you have the hope of heaven, which Jesus Christ brought down to earth. And we have that in so many of the Christmas songs. Number six, not only that, God came down to earth so that we could have the peace in our hearts and we could have joy in our soul, love in our churches and in our nation and in our island. 
and that we could have happiness in our hearts and we could have the hope of heaven. But number six, so that we could have light in the darkness. When Jesus Christ came, the world was in gross darkness, spiritually and physically. But here we are, an enlightened people. So much knowledge. Technology beyond imagination. In imagination. And yet, there is so much darkness spiritually. And more and more, little by little, we see the darkness which existed some 700 years, for 700 years, or rather 300 years before Jesus Christ came to the earth, is closing in us again. And the very things that happened back then are happening now. People turning their backs on God. Nations are turning their backs on God. And the Caribbean, which was once a place very religious and very close to God, is moving away. And once upon a time, government made laws. Now judges are making the laws little by little. And the government are glad to say, we didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, yes, you did. You tell those judges, we make the laws, not you. You can't tell us that you are going to pass these laws and this is legal. Where you get the authority from? They must not excuse themselves and say, we didn't do that. Is the judges say so. Judges cannot pass laws. Government pass the laws and judges carry out the laws of the land. Number six. Number seven. I'm so taken up here with the light in the darkness and we see the Caribbean is closing in. The darkness which has taken over G8 and G7 and whoever they have. I knew it was going to trickle down to the Caribbean but I really didn't expect that it was going to trickle down to the Caribbean so fast. I thought that we had good leaders in the Caribbean who will say, no, 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 no. Same-sex marriage is a disaster. And one little hurricane could sweep all of these little islands off the face of the earth. Number seven. God came down to be with us that first Christmas day so that we could have the Holy Spirit of God living within us. Brethren, when Jesus Christ left the earth, do you remember he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I'll send back the Holy Spirit and he'll be with you and he will be in you. So whenever you come here, brethren, and wherever you go, you're supposed to have the Holy Spirit of God with you. God with us, Emmanuel. God with us, literally and physically. Amen. Amen. 
And you remember I told you um, earlier that I'll come back to it about Thomas. When Thomas said, show me the father. And he said, Thomas, I've been so long with you. And you're going to say, Thomas, where were you? But God, not only was the coming Emmanuel in a baby, which was symbolic. But it's God in the world. God came down from heaven because God had distanced himself from the nations of the world because they turned their backs upon him. And God will once again turn his back upon the nations upon the world, nations of the world. And you hear about all this global warming, yet they have sub-zero weather. And even in Nevis and Sinkets, we have 60 degrees. Yet they talk about global warming. But it has nothing to do with any global warming. It is God's warning to the nations of the world. God literally came down to earth physically to be with us. And then Jesus Christ said, I'm going back after his crucifixion. And I'll send you back the Holy Spirit. And he will be with you and in you. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, equal God in heaven. And he, God emptied himself to come upon the earth. And so that he could be with us. Yet, man is running away from God. You tell people about God. Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. I am not ready for that yet. Now, may I ask you. You propose to a person. You want to be married. And the person tell you, day after day, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not ready for that yet. And you're ready for marriage. What are you going to do? Move on! Amen. 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 God will not take your insult. God came down to be with you. And you're going to say, God, I'm not ready for that. God, I'm not ready for that. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 says, In him, the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. God literally and physically enter the world as a person, in person, in Jesus Christ, so that he could be with us. Number two. Not only Emmanuel, God with us, means that God is with us physically, but it means that God is with us presently. He promised to be with us always, even to the end of the world. The invisible God is here in our midst today. The invisible God is in our island until we force him out, and God will say, I'm out. And you keep, a person keep coming after you and tell the person, I don't want you. I don't want you. What are you going to do? Some people can't take it. So what they do? They kill. No. The person says, I don't want you. Hey, listen, move on. There's some six billion others out there, whatever it is. 
Look for somebody else. Don't continue to take no insults. If you're not going to take insults, why would God? The invisible God is in the midst of us. And finally, number three, Emmanuel, God with us, personally or individually. God is with us collectively, but he's with us individually, amen? It's an individual decision that you must make, that you want God in your heart and in your life. You want God to lead you. You want God to guide you. You want God to heal you when you're sick. Amen. Amen. And so I said, reach out and touch the Lord. Reach out and touch him. Today, Christmas Day. Teach the children at a, early, at a very early age to get to know God for themselves. Especially those children who are about to go off to college. Listen, I fear for these children. You have out there a bunch of liberal, ungodly professors. I would to God that we had Christian colleges where we could send our children so they don't have to brainwash with all this hogwash that you choose what gender you want. Children, when you go there, don't let them fool you. You don't have to be obnoxious. Just be wise. And you know what you know. You know what you have been taught. And don't let anybody fool you. There are only two genders. And you're either born male or female. And you don't take any rocket scientists to tell doctors whether you're male or female. Midwives who had no degrees knew it. Now, people who have all kind of doctors degree behind their name, they don't know whether a person is male or female. What dumbness. What ignorance. So we teach these children this Christmas to get to know God individually. God in your heart and in your life. Emmanuel! God with us! Is he with you? Are you with him? It is one thing to say that God is with us. But it's another thing to say, ask, are you with God? God can be with us, yes. But are you with him? I hope that you're on his side.